Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This episode of Ben the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Master of the Web, Lady Dawn of House Wright, Sir Chris of House Farber, Lady Tracy of House Fa, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys and Lady of Jameson, Lord John of House Fry, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Sir David of House Fraser, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry, Lady Madeline of House Fritzel, Lady Adrian of House Dillard, Lady Ashley of House Gardner, Lady Lismalin of House Morales. This episode of Bend the Knee is protected by Sir Ryan of House Turbush, Lady Sarah the Unraveler. Our current champion is Lady Kira of House Arnold. Our current Master of Coin is Lord Jason of House Ross. Squire to Sir Matt, Lady Betsy of House Hudson. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are actually into a couple ravens, my friend. This is part two of our of our Daenerys 5 discussion that we had. It kind of went to like over two hours and we were like, holy smokes. Yeah, this ended up being sort of a longer episode and kind of works out a little bit for us as because I'm going on I'm going on vacation uh, for the weekend next next week or this week when you guys are hearing it. And so with SBN in Germany, we're like, well, this will actually work out. We'll just kind of split this episode into two, but we'll give you guys a little bit more, you know, so you're getting yeah. some extra. So you're getting two Ravens. And anyway, we're just making it just trying to make it all work here. Yeah. Um, as projecting into the future, though, I mean, are you are you doing okay here? You know, I mean, what yeah. what do you think right now? What do you what, think what I'll do you be? Think you'll be you'll be doing when this goes live? You know, the, in whatever time yeah. that is. Actually, I kind of know, so I had to kind of map things out. I think I will be at the zoo, so hopefully nothing kind of breaks out and attacks me or whatever. I'm going to be at the Berlin Zoo and just roaming around checking things out. So I'm actually hoping in the future that that goes really well. That is where I will be when this airs. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to be in Bend, Oregon, going on a little vacation. Uh, still the summer, you know, and just getting all together. And what we were saying in the last episode or this episode, depending on how you view it, uh, <laughs> yeah. there's not really a lot of Game of Thrones news. So No, there's not squad sorta, out there. 
sort of where we're at on that. So anyway, so guys, I hope you enjoy our two Ravens here. Again, this is sort of, we're sort of piecing this episode together. It's probably not making any sense, but uh, we will go with that. But before we go as yeah, I got to look, we got, there's one thing we got to say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Attention listeners across the galaxy. <laughs> All the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. So kick your pubes to the next planet with a performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Man, you got to. You got to. This is this is an important thing. I'm telling you, as I'm traveling through Berlin, I wouldn't be uh I just wouldn't be comfortable if if I weren't keeping everything trimmed up. Walking around the zoo, I know looking forward that I'm gonna need it. And uh, you know, I think it's again, it's just important. That's that's really the main reason we came back on here was to tell you guys you gotta go check this out. You guys gotta go to be as hold on to here, look at this. Yeah. Inside the package, you'll find not only the lawnmower 4.0 tr- trimmer, the weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, cop re- crop reviver toner, performance boxer boxer briefs, and a travel bag. Told your whole solar system. I mean, you get a travel bag. That's what we're doing right now. We're now. Traveling. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yeah, we are traveling. Yeah. Are they insinuating that you can hold the whole solar system inside of their travel bag? That's like a Perhaps. men in black, like in the locker situation, you know, the whole universe. Well, it already the holds locker. the lawnmower, the weed whacker, performance boxer briefs. I mean, it holds all of it. Well, hold on. While we're on this and while we're really trying to sell you guys on Manscaped, which should be pretty easy because it's a great product. Who do you think needs it most in, in Western? Yeah, Song of Ice and Fire? Yeah. Uh, probably the Hound. Because probably I mean, the he. Hound. <laughs> Because he tra- he's yeah. traveling all over the place. That's true. That is true. Not Theon. Yeah, no, not, uh, <laughs> no, no, not him. Um, God dang it. Or Varys. Yeah, yeah. Who else is like really like, I feel like the Mormonts, you know, like from, from Bear Island. Like they're from Bear Island. Yeah, they would really need it, right? Uh, the, the mountain. Mint, like in the has got veil? a lot of hair. Yeah. Like the, like the members of the, the moon the, clans, the moon. Yeah. Right. They might need it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just thinking about who might need it. Maybe that's the Raven. Send us a Raven as to who needs who, the lawnmower yeah. 4.0. Absolutely. So, all right, guys. Hey, with that, remember to get your 20% off plus free shipping with the code fanside to 20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com for a clean trinity and beyond your space balls will thank you. Yeah, and Matt, here's the thing. I want to say this that what we're doing our, our our intro here and we're kind of getting ready to go back into this part 2, right? We want you guys to know that we're do- so we we did this part 2. We have um what are our topics? We've got Benjamin Stark. The 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 food, food raven is crazy. Is really good. After that, it's followed up by our, our extended edition where we're going to have, like, we're going to talk about colors and other symbolism. So if you haven't had a chance over on Patreon, if you want to support Matt and I as we, you know, we're trying to basically, I mean, guys, we, we've done it before, like the old call the banners thing. We're trying to 
build a podcasting empire, okay? So if you want to support us on that journey, if you want to be a bannerman, you want to come hang out in the Zoom chat. By the way, the next Zoom chat should be off the chain, and that is going to be that Saturday, the 21st, and I'm going to be drinking German beer, and I will be hosting that Bannerman Hangout. So if you haven't had a chance to get in there and you want to get in there and you want to hang out with Sir Ezra in Berlin, you can. Uh, I think it'd be a great time. Matt will still be back in Oregon, I think, right? So Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And remember, you can also just get those free, well, not those, those extended edition episodes by hitting us up on Apple Premium Podcast, which gets you access to our extended edition on Bend the Knee, hyperspace heroes of the horn and soon to be more episodes of the matt Ness show and it's all in that same package so that is super cool and if anybody has uh if you could send us a message and say i am an apple premium messenger uh, member we would appreciate it because apple is not really so great at sort of telling us how the whole thing works and so we think we've had people who signed up but we're not entirely sure also let me do this real quick let me put a little plug out here there is an extended edition. The next one that we're going to do is going to be on um, it's going to be on colors. OK, so some of the colors that one is Sir Matt, I'm going to make that one free to anyone who just presses the subscribe button on Apple because I kind of want to know, you know, like, yeah, if first just to see, does that work? And do I do we see any data on that? So that one's just totally free. Just hit subscribe if you. Because some people just click on the show. When's a new episode out? They search it every time. They don't really hit subscribe on Apple. But hitting subscribe actually really does help the show. Um, pushes us a little bit higher in the charts and is better for our numbers. And then you can get access to, and I'll drop a few of those You know, every once in a while, like just a free kind they're of called, extra. Apple calls them freemium. Freemium. So instead of premium, they're freemium, which I like. I think that's great. Like uh, because we, and we, we, can release it on, we, can re we can release it on Patreon for free as well. Yes, absolutely, and we and we will, do and we that, do, so. and we do have a few episodes on our Patreon which are free for you extra content on there as well. So yeah, because here's the big deal, guys. I mean, I am I'm traveling in, in Berlin. I'll be back in a couple weeks, and um, once Ed starts back, I've you guys know I've changed up my job. I've changed up a lot of what I'm doing, and. We're going to start working on theory videos. We're going to start doing some series. I think we want to put together a couple series videos for our, our um, Song of Ice and Fire podcast. We've got stuff for Wheel of Time and Hyperspace Hangout as well. Hyperspace Hangout is going to a way more frequent show. So if you want some more matinees, we'll be there. But we're excited. We're, we love, uh, you know, kind of housing these conversations, reading your guys' ravens. That's the, that's the main thing. I think one of the things, going back to Follow Up Friday, that we love doing the most is literally just reading your ravens. And so whether we find something that's interesting, we want to bring it to your attention, like this conversation on food is is fascinating and it's interesting. I want to bring it to your attention. And then we have Linda sending us her raven. And that is just awesome. That takes us back to the the beginning of all of our our adventure in bend the knee podcasting and reading from people you know from Australia over to Ireland you know to New York and wherever else. Man, it's just it's it's really cool and we enjoy doing that. We want to give you guys a platform where we can read and, and actually comment on your thoughts. That's one of the things we enjoy the most. Absolutely, yeah. So, so so all right, guys. Hey, with yeah, with that, uh, welcome to part two of the episode. is really they just kind of leave it right then and there oh okay that's left me with a few hundred questions and then we immediately move over into um the we're in the we're in, we're in the market right we're in the mm -hmm. uh, and we're just sort of and we're just moving along here and the next thing you know is she receives sort of a gift here and then we we meet our new character, which is Artist and Whitebeard. 
AKA Barristan Selmy. Yeah. And, and he saves. So there's a, uh, yeah, he shows up here and this is pretty cool moment where we've wondered where he went. We wondered what happened to him. It's on, it's, it's not normal. It's unusual that you would kick out a member of the King's guard and he saves Danny from a sorrowful man, an ancient guild of assassins operating uh, on or on or near or around the city of Carth. Each one whispers, I am so sorry to their victims before they kill them. Uh, it's said, Sir Matt, that they don't miss, that they do not fail to kill unless you're going up against Sir, Sir Barristan Selmy, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it was a... Yeah. It was a manticore. By the way, I looked this up. This is so it's it's a manticore that that they have in there, and it's got like uh, looks like a scorpion, right? Uh, yes. It's got that arched barbed tail, and yeah, let's see. It makes a hissing sound. It can fold up into the shape uh, into various shapes. It's got a poisonous sting. Oh, I know what I was going to bring up here. So it uh, it it said Kyburn later on in a feast for crows or a feast of crows says that. Oberyn Martell's coats his spear with manticore venom. So it made me think, like, if Danny was hit by this, it'd be similar to the pain that the mountain is facing. It's a slow death, and it would, it's agonizing, and it would have been, um, you know, terrible, a, a terrible way to die. Oh, yeah, it's it's incredibly, it's incredibly dangerous. And old artisan Whitebeard uh, just steps in and is like, this is, this is, this is no problem. This party's over. Right, and... This party's over. And <laughs> where is Jorah and everybody else at? Well, they can't save her quick enough, but he does. Exactly. I want to call Jorah the slouch that was promised. I mean, what in the heck, man? Where is he? <laughs> like, like, come on. He's supposed to be top dog. And then Barristan Selmy is so cool. I, I love, he's, he's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. And, you know, something else that's interesting here. Um, now, so the way this sort of ends is he's going to end up joining her service. Um, and Jorah sort of recognizes him, but can't put his eye on him in the show. It's the other way around. It's just, he just flat out knows who he is. Mm -hmm. Um, which I don't know. I don't know whether, whether I like what I like better. I don't know if I like that. It's still sort of a secret or, 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 or not, or it's just sort of I, almost that reveal of like, Oh, it's Barris and Selmy. Cause like we know who he is, but mm -hmm. Danny doesn't. Yeah. I think, um, I think I sort of prefer that that way better. Cause it, I think it sort of makes it seem that much cooler. Rather yeah. than let's save it. But again, this is George's writing style. This is what he does. He could, there's, there's really almost no reason for him to just leave him as artist in here. I think he could just easily say, I'm Barris and sell me and mm -hmm. just, and just, and just sort of, and just sort of go with it. But that again, it loses the idea of he loves characters being secret characters here. Yeah. Um, especially because the last time we see Barris and sell me, he's leaving. Right. It's that Sansa chapter in a Game of Thrones where she's sort of where he's like kicked out and he's like, you know, taken off his armor and stuff like that. And, everyone, and they make fun of him. And then he straight up threatens uh, the other Kingsguard members. Mm -hmm, and he's like, mm -hmm. I could cut through you right now, like like a hot knife through butter. Yeah. If I wanted. And then he kills Maybe like he three people on his on his way out. Right. You hear about that. They try right? to stop him. Like, yeah. he just, they try to stop him. And he just he just, he just slays them. But. So he gets he has strong Bellwas with us, which who is who is a book only character who is awesome. And he, we did a YouTube video talking mm -hmm. about our t the ten characters we wished uh, had shown up from the books into the show, and he was and he was one of them. And he's just sort of a cool character, just sort of a cool side character. He's got all these scars over him. He's this, like sort of big fat guy, 
Um, and he's got all these scars over him because he lets he lets his opponent sort of take one slice at him first. Um, but he'll join and just sort of adds character to the cast of companions that Danny has. But um, you know, we, we find out, you know, we know here that he stopped over to see Illyrio, which is mm-hmm. sort of interesting, right? So that so that Barrison Barrison sell me, right? <laughs> we talked about this, right? We we talked about this like minutes ago, S. I know like, I, I- I, well, I, mean, I guess you weren't really you weren't really thinking about it, right? No, I I, I hadn't really. Th- I guess it, yeah, because I know that he goes to Lyra, but it just after we had the three heads of the dragon conversation, and we have right. the whole the whole question about young Griffin is he legit? And a member a member of the Kingsguard who was there during the time of Rhaegar, right? Who was on the battlefield with Rhaegar, knew Rhaegar's plans, was there when he told Jamie Lannister, "You stay here, I will call a council when I return," and who also Rhaegar sent, by the way, Lyanna. Uh, to the Tower of Joy with all of the other Kingsguard members. And we haven't really seen uh, all the details in the books aren't, you know, right, right there. But Barristan Selmy now, when he leaves, where does he go? You know, he, he he decides to go seek out Danny because he's going back to protect. This is what he does. He's a Kingsguard, right? He, he needs to protect a king. And now there's a queen. There's there's a Targaryen queen roaming around. He knows about Illyrio. And he he is on Robert's council, and he does hear from him as to where, you know, she was last at. Remember the the assassination thing? They were going to send someone to assassinate her in the beginning, and and I'm sure Barris and Selmy kind of heard all of that during the the reign of um, the last you know few few days there of Robert Baratheon's reign. But still, maybe he does know Illyrio. Maybe he's got an old you know he knows Varys and Illyrio, and knows some of what happened, some of the secrets. Who knows? crazy to think yeah about. well it, yeah i mean it's just it's it's it is sort of well sort of interesting he, he, it's sort of interesting to think about here because because his clash of so so some of his clash of kings summary here on the on the wiki because we don't actually see him we just you hear a little bit about him throughout but um <clears throat> says following the decision to find his true king uh viserys targaryen so that's who he's looking for mm-hmm. he's actually looking for viserys he crosses the narrow sea, travels to Pentos, where he ends up in contact with Magister Illyrio and learns of Viserys' death. Illyrio sends Barristan disguised as an old squire artisan Whitebeard along the huge eunuch Belwas to Carth to bring Queen Daenerys back to Pentos. They end up going there, and then this is the chapter. This is the this is the chapter we're at we're at now. Now going forward, um, when we next time we come across him in a Storm of Swords, rather than sail to Pentos, Daenerys tries to mm-hmm. sail. Um, to ask poor to get an unsullied army. He's still keeping himself secret all 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 along. Um, you know, why doesn't he just I mean, I guess is it because Illyrio why does first of all, why does Illyrio tell him to disguise himself as artisan Whitebeard? Now I could get that in the idea of, well, you don't necessarily want to travel through Essos's Barris and Salmi because you're like I'm sure his his legend is over there. Yeah. And he did kill yeah. he did kill a pretty prominent Blackfire. You could run into the Golden Company at any point. I could see that. Mm-hmm. But once he shows up, I mean I I'm so, I was the King's Guard I was King's Guard to your father. I was on the I was on the field of battle when your brother Rhaegar mm-hmm. died. Um right. which is actually what he says in the show uh yeah. it's like it's like word for word what happens what he says what he says in the show i mean what do you think what do you think's going yeah. on here as so it's it's the well, i think what he says later is and i i'm just trying to remember real quick it's it, i think it's something about the flip of a coin like he a targaryen could either be you know good or bad like he served the mad king 
And is the daughter of the Mad King mad? You know, and it's, I think he wanted to get the bearing of, of her a little bit and kind of figure out. I could be wrong about that, but I, I thought that was sort of why he keeps, because he basically gets asked to ask for forgiveness for deceiving her later. Like he will, you know, ask ask for that pardon. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah so that's the only reason I can think that he would, why he would do that. That's a good point, though, about him having enemies, though, in Essos. And, and possibly not being safe to travel under the name uh, Barristan Selmian. Plus, you know, maybe there's some reward out. He doesn't know what King's Landing is going to do. Yeah, I, yeah. So, it's, yeah, I forgot. It's it's quite a ways than actually into the next book, um, into a storm of swords when it happens. I let me put it. He begs forgiveness from Daenerys from withholding truce to her. Jorah recognizes Barristan and informs Daenerys that Bar- Barristan had betrayed House Targaryen to serve Robert. He tells her that he is hers if she will have him. He also explains that he took Robert's pardon and served with men not worthy of a place of Kingsguard, and that when Joffrey uh, dis- you know, dismissed him aside, he sent men to kill him. He realized that he had to find his true king. Barrison tells Daenerys he kept his identity a secret because he wanted to prevent the Lannisters from learning he had joined her. When Barrison uh, insinuates that Jorah had been spying on Daenerys for Varys, Jorah affirms that this accusation is true. And so that is where we where we sort of where where we will go with him. Um and Danny, what do you expect? Book. Okay. I know. What what do you expect? These guys, I mean, come on. This is Right. But I mean this is I mean it's a big deal because Barrison and Barrison serves as actually it serves quite a bit because he's the one who tells her a, a lot about Rhaegar because he knew her he knew him and what he was like and he you know that that whole line, right? Uh, that like so much of like R plus L equals J hinge and what happens at Harrenhal hinges on that. Like if I had been a better knight, perhaps I would have unseated mm-hmm. uh, Rhaegar in the in the jousting because he loses to him. He be he, he loses to Rhaegar. Right, right. Some people think that Rhaegar commanded him to lose so that he could win. God. It's yeah, yeah. That's that's crazy. You know what's interesting about Barristan Sel? I mean, I I, I was um because when Artiston is first uh, introduced, it said like he says that he was a squire for for someone from House Swan. So I just want to mm-hmm. read this real quick. Barristan was born the first son of Sir Lionel Selmy, the Knight of Harvest Hall. He squired for Lord Manfred Swan in his youth, and we just did a whole thing on Balin Swan and him being kind of an honorable. Uh, knight, if you will, and and doesn't like is of the Kingsguard members, not that first batch that we have in a Game of Thrones and and the the start of a Clash of Kings, but comes in that second wave. How Swan seemingly is a little bit more honorable, and and Barristan Selmy definitely is that type of character, more honorable uh, guy. So I thought that was just is just a cool connection, really. Yeah. To, um. Okay, and so I guess, and so that's 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 sort of that's I guess that's that's sort of the chapter. Uh, he's going to go with her, and this is the last time we see Daenerys, I believe. In I think uh, so. I believe this Fine. is the last time we see Daenerys in this in this book. We only have a few chapters left, but um, before we move on to the Raven, as uh, can we can we make sort of a, a Winds of Winter theory or prediction here? Absolutely. Is is Barristan and Selmy still alive in the Winds of Winter? And if, if, yeah, for, for for how long? Uh, right, yeah, yeah. I I said that from the beginning. Remember when I hadn't quite read the Winds of Winter chapters, and I mm-hmm. I wasn't wasn't sure. It was 
because in the show, right? The, the, just he I dies mean, in the show. Yes. Yeah. And so to me, this is what it says. This is let me read the summary. Yeah. The young the the youngish threat in the second siege of Marine. This is Winds of Winter. Um, has been augmented by the presence of the bloody flux. Sir Barristan notes that under normal circumstances, he would defend Marine from behind his strong walls. However, because the Yunkish in, uh, introduced the pale mare into Marine by catapulting infected corpses over the walls, he resolves to ride out and meet with his enemy on the field rather than watch the impending outbreak annihilate Marine. On the eve of the offenses, he gives a prep talk to his newly anointed knights and soldiers. When his talk is interrupted by the arrival of Dawn, Barrison orders the Red Lamb to sound the attack. And that's sort of it. And that's where mm -hmm. we sort of leave it. But a lot of people think he's going to die here or he does or he does die here. But, um, you know, given what we've sort of seen also in George's in George's comments about Winds of Winter chapters and stuff i mean he's pretty much come out and said oh i've definitely rewritten some rewritten stuff and and move stuff around so i don't know how valid we can take any of the winds of winter sample chapters in the first place at this point given the new information we have since those have been written um and second of all it doesn't say that he's going to die here or that he he has died so it's not official and george sort of likes to do deaths on page or on on screen so do you do you, I mean do you think he's gonna live? Do you think he dies here? Do you think he'll die somewhere else? Um, I don't know. I I think he's gonna. I think he lives long enough for Danny to return. I don't know. It would just suck for her to come back and then he's gone. Because right now, and this this could be what happens. Right, this is where Tyrion Tyrion could step up into a, like a better situation. Um, Barristan Selmy's hand of the queen and he's 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 doing what he can here and because they're catapulting dead corpses and spreading disease and stuff into marine that's the only reason he is riding out to battle and i th he could die here because he's training a bunch of really young uh unexperienced men and trying to make knights out of them trying to make some some commanders among them he sent out i think quentin's companions to try to get, gather some forces maybe from the um the, the tattered prince or somebody it's one of the one of the companies out there and just get some more firepower i don't think the it's it's tough like he can hold his own but he might get captured maybe he's captured and he's they have to negotiate for him back and, and maybe that's how he, he lives on a bit but the odds are not looking good really i don't know that he, i don't know and just knowing yeah, what you know in the show, I would love to see him go on and be an advisor and give more details to Danny about Rhaegar. I feel like he has more story to tell her about Rhaegar and stuff, don't you? He's like a holder of secrets. He knows stuff. Yes. Yes, yes, he does. Now, in the show, the way he dies is it's the sons of the harpy, right? They're like they're mm -hmm. they're still they're still dealing with them. Um, and then Daenerys, so Daenerys is sort of like there for that event. And then, that, then she ends up angrily rounding up the leaders of Marines, um, and she's in, in, you know, in families and the catacombs where Viserion and, and Rhaegal reside, and feeds two of the great uh, masters to uh, to her dragons in order to intimidate the rest. Mm -hmm. So, th but so her sort of she's our that's some of that's kind of already happened a little bit in the books, and she's off 
now we're going to go through the whole her being lost with the Dothraki. That's sort of where we, that's sort of where her story's at. So it's kind of shifted around a little bit. So if he does die here, it's going it, to, Danny's not going to sort of be present for that event. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that's, that is hard for me to kind of, just because he's such an I, important I, character. I, I, to her, I think, I, I think she'll, I think she'll be around for his, for his death. Yeah, so one of his this is one of the thoughts that he has, he says, I am no hand. I uh, a part of him wanted to cry out. I am only a simple knight, a queen's protector. I never wanted this. But with the queen gone and the king in chains, someone had to rule. And Sir Barristan did not uh, trust the shave pate. So, yeah, um, He's addressing his men in, in the second siege of Marine. I'm an old man, an old knight, and I have seen more battles than most of you have years. Nothing is more terrible upon this earth, nothing more glorious, nothing more absurd. You may wretch, you may not be the first. You may drop your sword, your shield, your lance. Others have done the same. Pick it up and go on fighting. You may foul your britches. I did in my first battle. No one will care. All battlefields smell of shit. You may cry out for your mother, pray to gods uh, you thought you had forgotten, how obscenities that you never dreamed could pass your lips. All of this happened too. Like, I mean, it. So I think of like him getting ready to go out also and and uh, make this charge is just sort of. I don't know if he makes it, man. It's a, it's a big speech. I want him to, and I I just feel like he needs to. Here's something else too. Um. So thoughts that, that Barristan had, I think you kind of mentioned this earlier, but Prince Rhaegar loved his lady Lyanna, uh, and thousands died for it. Damon Blackfire loved the first Daenerys and rose in rebellion when denied her. Bittersteel and Bloodraven both loved Shiera Seastar and the Seven Kingdoms bled. The Prince of Dragonflies loved Jenny of Oldstone so much that he cast aside a crown, and Westeros paid the bride price in corpses. All three of the sons of the fifth Aegon had wed for love in defiance of their father's wishes, and because that unlikely monarch had followed his heart when he chose his queen, he allowed his sons to have their way, making bitter enemies... Uh, when he might have had fast friends. Treason and turmoil followed as night follows day, ending at summer hall and sorcery, fire, and grief. I bring that quote up because he literally is a guy who knows a crap ton about the Targaryens and knows a lot about their history and, again, served those kings, protected uh, Targaryen kings. He's a big deal. It was It's a big loss. So I don't know how he goes out, but he has to reveal one more thing or leave a letter for Danny or something. You know, I just feel like he's he's a holder of secrets and someone who can pass on more about Rhaegar and 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 the Tower of Joy and and the commands and the orders that were given. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. As well with that, let's move on over to our Raven. If you you got you pulled up something about the food that we want to talk about today, sort of the connections and and the references of food in a Game of Thrones or Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, so today we're, uh, we're going to be talking in our even about the symbolism in A Song of Ice and Fire concerning food. And I found this just, uh, this is, I'm going to give uh, a shout out here. Uh, this is so well written. I don't want to change any of it. I just want to read it to you guys. Get food for thought. Maybe get some ravens on this. But uh, this was Kelsey Hayes who responded. How do you say it? Uh, it's it's Cora, uh, Cora, like the Quora, like that website. Yeah. 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 And Not then like I Ask Jeeves. Yeah, well, it's 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 not like I, we normally go to Reddit. I normally don't go here, and I I was very impressed by by a lot of this. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. So spoilers ahead for the books. Uh, I think you guys, that this was years ago when this was written, so I think we're all, we're all good here. But so yeah, what is what are some of the the examples of food symbolism in a song of ice and fire? Gurm is often ribbed for his own uh, for his for his extensive descriptions of food. I know a lot of people slog through the food stuff, but I but if you read them, you can detect patterns. Those patterns can show you how the author uses food and drink to tell you what's really going on in a situation or tell you what may happen next. It's not always literal food. Sometimes it can be a color or something related to the food in another way. Uh, peaches, peaches, so here we go, refer to idealism and misplaced ideas of invincibility. Think of Renly eating a peach when he meets with Stannis. He's at the top of his power with a huge army and powerful allies. He has no idea that he's going to die soon. Now, this is interesting. This is early in A Clash of Kings. Um, and, and you think about this, Matt. As you're reading this the first time, like to catch this, you wouldn't catch this, right? That you're eating that eating a peach uh, or that food is somehow going to foreshadow that this character might uh, have a misplaced idea of invincibility, Okay. Right. All right. So we have um, Asha and Carl the Maid have peaches at Deepwood thinking they're safe shortly before Stannis comes to liberate them. So there's two more characters who think they're safe at Deepwood. And then, boom, Stannis comes and and, um, liberates the keep. Uh, Robert mentions eating peaches when talking about the fleeing summer. It evokes a feeling of nostalgia and youthfulness. Bran, right before he gets tossed off the tower, remarks that the air up high tastes like a winter peach. So Bran thinks he's invincible when he's climbing up on on the wall. He's never fallen, Matt. He's never fallen. And then right before, you know, he thinks of a winter peach. Boom, here we go. Jorah brings Danny a peach. And uh, this is uh, Vase, Vase, Vase Tolero. And later she remarks that the Astapori slave master smells like a peach. She later has a moment of invincibility with Dracaris, but it's fleeting. Uh, Arya arrives at the Peach Inn in the Riverlands when she's with the Brotherhood. 
It's here that she learns that they've captured the hound. She thinks everything is going to be all right now, but it's not. So just a couple examples of where peaches are referenced. You think you're good. You, you know, you're kind of invincible and then you're not. All right. Uh, blood oranges refer to family. Arya is eating a blood orange during dinner when she's still sore about Sansa lying about Nymeria and Joffrey. Arya squeezing the juice from the orange during this exchange shows that Sansa's lies are affecting their sisterly bond. Arya throws the orange at Sansa, staining the white dress Cersei gave her. Sansa's family ties will ultimately strain her relationship with the queen. Okay, that's true. Uh, Doran's blood oranges are way, quote, and this is a quote, way past ripe. And if you remember this, the scene with uh, Doran Martell, where he's looking at there's blood orange trees, right? They drop and there's this, this like splat. They're way past ripe. So, and they're actually often compared to like the gout that he has in his knees and his, in his, in his ankles. Um, suggesting that the plots that he's been working with regarding his family have gone on for far too long and are no longer viable. Three oranges fall from the tree, three family members' deaths, Elia, Obrin, and Quentin. It's the last orange that falls that causes Doran to react, almost as if he's in pain. Cersei and Tommen eat blood oranges for breakfast one morning, uh, and this is accompanied by Cersei thinking she's in control of her son. When Sansa is in the Vale with Littlefinger, he offers her a variety of fruit. One of the pieces of fruit is a blood orange, which she eats. This could mean that Sansa will choose to support her family in the Vale, Sweet Robin. I mean, I don't know. That's also Littlefinger, Littlefinger's trying to make her a member of his family, right? He's offering mm -hmm. her a blood orange um, and saying, you're my daughter. Uh, so there's that. This one I thought was pretty cool. So pomegranates re uh, refer to duplicity, right? Or, yeah. Um, so the characters for this are, are Littlefinger, uh, Zaro, Bowen Marsh. Uh, Littlefinger offers Sansa a pomegranate along with other fruit, sad grapes, Olena Redwine losing custody of Sansa. Uh, oh, sorry. That's just a side note. Uh, Sansa refuses re refuses the, pro the pomegranate, suggesting that in the end, she will not remain Littlefinger's protege entirely. This is the opposite of the Hades Persephone story. I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. um, Perse uh, Persephone. Oh, Persephone. Sorry. Okay. Um, so it's the opposite of that, where the pomegranate is, is offered and accepted. Um, when Danny is in Carth, she drinks pomegranate wine when speaking to Zaro. During this time, he's trying to convince her that he's her friend and that he can help her. But in the end, all he wants is access to her dragons. We just covered that. Bowen Marsh, the Night's Watch steward, who eventually betrays John, is called the Old Pomegranate, which I thought that's, I mean, he's called the Old Pomegranate. And you've got these other situations where pomegranates reference someone who's going to be treacherous or trade or or switch right so along with pomegranates you also have plums brown bin plum betrays danny theon refers to winterfell as a ripe and undefended plum before he successfully takes it betraying rob alario eats suckling pig in plum sauce hinting that he's not being honest to Tyrion about his real motivations he also gives danny a plum colored dress to wear when she meets drogo 
the distrustful Leo Tyrell asked for suckling pig and plum sauce along with another food item yet to be mentioned. Now, Leo Tyrell, just for folks, that was at the Quill and Tankard in, uh, it's, the, it's the prologue where you have, uh, where we, we meet Alaris and the Sphinx, right? Uh, let's see, Littlefinger wears a plum-colored doublet when he talks with Ned, whom he later betrays. All right, uh, let's see. Yeah, when Ned confronts Cersei, what, what do you got? Oh, no, I was just going to I was just gonna read it if you were looking for it, but that's, no, go ahead. I'll get you, yeah, yeah. So, um, and that one's cool, right? I mean, Littlefinger is wearing a plum-colored doublet. That's what it says. I actually went, I went and did a search of Ice and Fire on some of these and looked them up, and that's straight up what he's wearing. Uh, when Ned confronts Cersei about Jaime being her, her children's father, uh, the bruise Robert left her is described as once plum-colored, but now fading. During this exchange, you know, during this exchange, Cersei drops uh, drops the charade and tells Ned the truth, and, and Cersei betrays Robert. Right? Yeah. Uh, okay. So then, yeah. Yeah. Then we, then we move on here. The boar, right? So the boar mm-hmm. uh, means the regime is changing or power is shifting. Yeah. Um, he says, you know, they're going to say, "I love this one, especially because it is, to my knowledge, the only one name checked in the show." Tyrion and Jaime eat boar for a meal in the episode of the Purple Wedding foreshadowing that the regime will change with Joffrey's death. A black boar head was supposedly also served at the black dinner, the historical event that inspired the red wedding. It could be that that's where this idea came from. Robert's killed by a boar while hunting the regime changed to Joffrey. Um, uh, boars served at the purple wedding. Bruce Bolton eats boar while at Harrenhal and soon after the northerners abandon it to the bloody mummers. Uh, it is also Heron Hall where Roos decides to switch allegiances. Sansa eats a boar with Elena and Marjorie when she tells them he's evil. The Tyrells will, of course, go on to assassinate Joffrey, offering boar to Sansa. Is the Tyrell family recruiting her? Cersei eats boar when plotting with the Stokeworths, only for Bronn to outsmart her and seize control of the family and its property. The Freymen use boar baiting at River Run to pass time. Soon the Blackfish escapes in the castle and uh, Raymond. Um, Wyman Frey and his men are hanged. The boar is all over Danny's final moments in Marine before she flies off on Drogon. Uh, Barsenia fights a boar in the pit, and you'll see the guards in boar helmets. Um, there's boar all over. Da- uh, uh, interestingly, there are no boar served at the Red Wedding, perhaps suggesting that the Stark regime will live on somehow. Mm-hmm. So this is the one that this is the one that I've known that we've we've talked about quite a bit, which is the Arbor Gold Wines, which equals lies. Uh, there's a lot of this, right? Uh, his dar starts drinking after he marries Danny. Their marriage is a political sham. Man, uh, Manderly suggests that the phrase and Bolton's wash down the pork pie with Arbor Gold. The pies actually contain meat from three executed phrase. Fairy says he uh, he bought the du- the double for baby Aegon with Arbor Gold. He can suggest this can suggest the Varys is lying and the switch never took place. Cersei and uh, Tana stay up drinking Arbor Gold. Tana is informing Cersei. Uh, to someone, probably Doran Martell. Littlefinger serves Arbor Gold to the Vale Lords when trying to convince them to let him maintain his position after Lysa's death. The phrase is even repeated there, lies and Arbor Gold. Tyrion asks Sansa for Arbor Gold on their wedding night. Uh, the marriage is a farce and Sansa is trying to keep her feelings about the Lannisters from him. Leo Tyrell drinks Arbor Gold in Old Town and stands out as a distrustful figure to Pate and Illyris. Um, during a council meeting, the, uh, they toast Joffrey's wise and and the uh, jo- joffrey wise and benevolence reign with arbor gold 
Uh, a candidate for high septum is said to uh, carry the votes of the wealthy by giving them arbor gold, then turning around and trying to pass himself off as an uh, you know ascetic by uh, mingling with the poor. So then we move on to red wine, which often equals poison. The wine seller offers Danny dry red wine from the arbor when he tries to poison her. Crescent tries to poison Melisandre with red wine. Joffrey is poisoned with red wine. Uh, Tyrion poisons Cersei, uh, not fatally, just enough to make her sick when they drink red wine and uh, toast Stannis for killing Renly. That's when he sort of gives mm-hmm. her basically like a laxative, right? Yeah. Um, Oberyn calls Arbor Red Wine red water and asks Tyrion, did you poison him? In reference to Tyrion being on trial for killing Joffrey. Lemons refer to genuine uh, innocence and purity. Lemon cakes are Sansa's favorite food. She grew up thinking, uh, you know, life was way was the way it was in the songs. Danny regularly looks back on the lemon tree in the house in Bravos, where she lived with William Derry. Um, Stannis drinks lemon water and has the uh, express aim of purifying the realm and ridding it of elements that he deems corrupt. Cersei drinks lemon water to refresh her be- her breath, uh, purity in more a literal sense. Move on to final one here, which I think is olive trees represent peace. This one is straight from our world, actually. The Maesters of Marine destroy the city's grove of olive trees to prevent Danny from exploiting the resources when she takes the city. Danny uh, later replants some olive trees, but they need years in order to bear few. Harry Strickland, one of the gold company, remarks that Danny would rather plant olive trees uh, than take Westeros. Later, at the end of the fifth book, Danny has an epiphany and realizes that dragons don't plant trees. The interpretation, the Mazers keep Danny from having an early, easily won peace. It will take years for peace and stability to return to the region if it ever does. And by the end, Danny realizes that she is not meant to be peaceful and she is meant to be more like a dragon, destructive. It's actually that line that makes so many people think she's headed down the path of going mm-hmm. mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think? I thought that was really well written. And so shout out again to uh, that was Kelsey Hayes, I believe. Uh, who, who wrote that? And I just was like, this is, I've been looking for something that's where people put it together. You know what I mean? List the mm-hmm. food. What are the things, you know, the, the events or the examples in the book where there's correlation or there's, there's some sort of connection or you can find a pattern. And I thought that was really, really kind of awesome. Uh, one more. And I just want to mention this vaguely. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Someone went through and broke down every time that cheese was mentioned in that whenever a character eats cheese, that often their plans do not go like they'll be laying out plans and schemes and right before they go to um sort of see those through they eat some cheese in the morning and if there's a big twist and a flip and cheese represents almost like uh everything's about to crumble <laughs> the plan is, yeah. is is full of holes perhaps right. and yeah I thought it was kind of funny so yeah well let me say uh this is this is super good raven you've got here or, or sort of uh this fi- finding this here on on uh Kiora. um because this is something we've talked about quite a bit right especially with the arbor gold and sort of the lies uh but it's uh, some of these other ones i guess i'd never really thought to put together right um and it does just show you that this is the kind of stuff that george uses to put stuff together and Mm -hmm. these are some of the the themes and events and you really got to pay attention to this stuff because this is sort of his writing style uh when you see these sort of things they add up and they make sense that's why we talk so much about the bells and danny yeah because it's brought up so much it's it's and and typically when the bells are mentioned it it ties into the dothraki right Mm -hmm. it 
it's typically it's typically when she hears bells it is reminding her of dothraki or it's associated with the dothraki yeah and so that's one of the reasons we think so much about the that episode and it's in Game of Thrones, where she burns down the city, and it's called the Bells, and it's called it's called so, Bells, yeah, it's called the Bells. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, so, so we're not we're not just making this stuff up when we when we make these references here, yeah. But so the so the the wine was definitely one that I I knew of. I guess I never really thought more of it, sort of as so the Arbor Red as poison. That was one um, that caught my eye just because I've always thought of the Arbor Gold, uh, the lemons re- representing purity. That's that's yeah. interesting too um and some of these i think might be a little bit of a stretch sure. you know but but the boar the the boar is really interesting because it's yeah. it does i mean you point this stuff out now there could be other instances as well just to sort of sort of play um uh you know the the great others advocate here there you go uh <laughs> uh <laughs> to play the great i'm sure you know there might be instances in which boar is served and nothing happens and you could just be picking and choosing but yeah i mean you sure are picking a lot here so to me well, it seems and- like it's pretty likely and i haven't i haven't gone through and done a search for every single time sure that it's mentioned and something doesn't happen but then again that doesn't mean that we don't know that it won't happen in the future exactly and that's what i was gonna say so the, the person who made the cheese comment they did have a disclaimer like cheese is a common thing that you eat right and it's mentioned in a lot of stories a lot of fantasy a lot of works you're you're having meat and cheese at everything so that one they were kind of picking and choosing i feel like a little bit whereas some of these things like a pomegranate i mean you know a, a blood orange like specifically blood oranges i it's interesting it's an interesting choice and them being way past ripe and i've seen youtube videos on and the sand snakes accused doran martell of staying way too long and like believing in these plans and being too slow like not moving too quick not like the viper not like the red viper would have just struck and moved and you almost need to do that but so some of them kind of fit and i i just think it's uh, interesting and i i wonder if in the comments uh or in a raven if you guys have other connections are there other examples that would tie to blood oranges to peaches to pomegranates um lamprey pie, lamprey pie is one that people have mentioned a lot they, they say there's there's some symbolism or connections with it and really when we read winds of winter when that comes out it's some hinting or foreshadowing like when we see a pomegranate with someone we might analyze that a little bit differently now you know what i mean we, we might circle that and say hmm i wonder if there's something more to that and in our series of ravens i found this user and another kind of go back and forth and there's colors there's there's more things and there's tons of people who uh lucifer Ming's Lightbringer. he brings up a, a lot of really good points around symbolism and images and, and stuff around characters which is which is really cool um and his some of his are really subtle but these are reoccurring food items and colors and gemstones like they bring up sapphires and what do they mean so we'll kind of keep going with this with the series in our in our ravens but i thought i'd love to get folks comments and thoughts and what do you think and what connections did this post not include are there more that we could kind of add and further elevate the conversation yeah absolutely absolutely it's it's good this is this is incredible this is incredibly interesting and it's a lot of and it's 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 super detailed and this was also written um like five years ago so that's before season eight which i i love and we've talked about this before i love anytime we anytime you find some sort of theories or stuff like that that's written before um you know, there's even some out there where you can find on the wiki uh, search of ice, uh, the, uh, the the whatever it is the thread of ice and fire on the mm-hmm. wiki uh, that's attached to the witchy forum uh, that's the word yeah, forum for, yeah. that are written like before dance of dragons came out so you get to see like some of mm-hmm. these ideas and thoughts and those are those are super interesting um 
All right, as with that, hey, we have another Raven here. Is it okay yeah. if we just if we just jump jump yeah. into this one too? Okay, Absolutely. this was sent to us on our website here. Uh, this is from Linda. Okay, yeah. um, and sh- uh, she said, "This is my f- this is from Linda." The subject is Benjamin Stark. This is my first Raven, so I'm a little nervous. I've been listening to your podcast since before season eight aired, and I was excited that you guys were going to do a reread. Po- reread. Uh, I was a show watcher only at the time and had never read the books before, so I thought I would follow along with you guys. I'm currently a bit ahead of you. Um, I just finished the chapter in A Storm of Swords where Mira and Jojen and Bran uh, tell the story of the Night of the Laughing Tree. After theories I've read and listening to your podcast, I believe that Lyanna Stark is the Night of the Laughing Tree. I'm also a firm believer in R plus L equals J, and this got me thinking. Do you guys think that Ned told Benjen about John's true identity? Also, do you think there is a deeper reason why Benjen joined the Night's Watch, or is it just because the Starks are pretty much the only house who view the Night's Watch as honorable? Sorry if this is kind of long, but I took... Uh, but I look forward to hearing your opinion. So um, first of all here, thank you, Linda. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, I love when we get these, when people are like, I've been uh, like a lurker is that is the sort of internet term, right? Where it's like you, yeah. you, you watch forever, but you never say anything or sort right. of comment or anything. So I love the lurkers. Cause, cause I'm a lurker on a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of people's uh, YouTubes and stuff, right. I've watched for years. I've never really left comments or anything. So um, love those. And second of all, remember, yeah, we do also have a website, which is bendthenee.com. Thank you, Sir Jamie, for putting that together. Absolutely. And you can submit Ravens. Uh, you can submit Ravens and listen there as well. Um, the podcast, the podcast, the podcast is up is up there as well. So um, yeah, so this is this is definitely interesting here as and we've talked about this before. Uh, sort of why do you think Benjamin joins the, the Night's Watch? And do you think that Ned told him? So I think sort of immediately. Um, we don't know exactly. We know that Benjen joins sometime after Ned gets back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's sort of before, I think he goes, correct me if I'm mistaken on this, I think he goes before the war starts. So he would be the third son, right, in a house where it seems like, okay, we know that um, the oldest son um Brandon Stark is set to marry Catelyn, Catelyn Tully. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a that's a major house to another major house, the Riverlands and the North. That seems like it was going to be a, a a big lock in. You're set to go there, and then um, we did we broke this down in our major four part tourney at Harrenhal Patreon episode, and. This was it seemed like a lot of people were theorizing that one of the reasons that Ned sort of dances with the Shardane was because it seemed likely that Ned being the second son and you already have that major marriage alliance would have then been able to marry some other house, pretty much any house that's not that could be less sort of a strategic alliance Mm -hmm. Um, because the Riverlands of the North, that's a major alliance because most marriages occur sort of in your region or just outside of your region. They tend to be pretty significant sort of alliances but perhaps maybe ned with the shara i mean you're talking dorn and mm-hmm. winterfell i mean that's yeah i don't really know what what strategic advantage that provides you in in the idea of a war and of a realm that's been at significant sort of peace for pretty much 300 years right yeah so um and so then the third would be that your youngest son benjen would take the black because it's sort of that sort of a northern thing and honorable now where it gets interesting though is that benjen takes the black after 
Heron Hall and Benjamin didn't go to Heron Hall. He was the um, you know, he was the the Stark who remained at mm-hmm. Winterfell because everybody mm-hmm. else, everybody else goes. Everybody, everybody else goes. But um, and then it seems like Benjamin seems to know some things, right? Perhaps about his mother, and we'll talk when I get back, and a lot of these things. I do believe that Ned probably told Benjamin. Um, because Benjamin is his brother, and I think he he knows maybe the difference between telling his brother as opposed to telling, even though Catelyn is his wife, you know, he, we see him sort of get upset right there. I mean, he's still got some resentment because I don't think he was ever, he was, ne- he was not meant to marry Catelyn. Catelyn was his, because to be his brother's, his brother's wife, but he, he ends up, he ends up being the one to, to sort of, to sort of take that role. So I think that if he trusts anyone in this world more than anybody, it's going to be Benjamin. It's also Liana, which is their sister. Mm-hmm. So I do, I do, I do believe that Benjamin, Benjamin probably knows. Well, yeah, it, it's so it, that is important that during Robert's Rebellion, he is the Stark in Winterfell. And during Robert's Rebellion, it's he's um, so he's the second man, right? I mean, his older brother, his eldest brother is killed. Ned is, is like, battling and leading the bannermen right leading has called the banners has met up with john aaron and robert baratheon's rallying troops these these men are leading the battle and they have people behind it that behind them in case they fall in battle they're gonna you know take they're they're next in line so now the line is even though he has children like he has these young children normally if you're like that second son the night's watch i don't know that's not really once you go there you can't come back to Winterfell and take over. So why the Night's Watch? Now, it said that, like, I think at the at the tourney at Harrenhal or whatever, that he, or somewhere, that maybe he heard the Night's Watch and their their, their plea for aid and, and stuff like that, and he took that to heart or something. But I think there's more to it because you have too many guys up there from House Targaryen at the Wall, people who were a part of the Rebellion who then just took the Black, and you have people prior to that who served Blood Raven, the Raven's Claw or the Raven's Teeth, right? They're all up there as well, and then you have Ned come back with this mysterious bastard son who is we're gonna go ahead and say it, son of of Rhaegar Targaryen, and. What happened? Did he come back with other Kingsguard members that were like, you know, imagine this, Matt, like he comes back up there and in secret, you've got Sir Arthur Dane and Gerald Hightower and others who went north and they go with and to, to protect and Hallen Reed goes with them or maybe Hallen keeps them, you know, in the swamps and keeps them away from everybody's secret for a while. And after time, you know, then they go with Benjen up to take the black or something and Benjen's in on this whole scheme. You know, who knows? It could be that kind of complex and there, there could be something more to it but i think he knows i think benjen does know something for sure right well think about this too the idea that ned comes back after the war's over and then one he would have somebody to confide in which could mm-hmm. be benjen and then so somebody else out there knows and benjen would be able to go to the wall mm-hmm. and we get see he gets to travel so you know benjen going to the wall and being you know, a Stark and somebody that everyone's going to immediately like will place him sort of high up in the ranks. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he, I'm, it's not like just cause you're at the wall. Like some people get to travel to the South like, and we see this and recruit people and, mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. a lot of, a lot of this stuff, but you know, you could go much, much deeper into this where if, if Ned comes back and he knows way more about it than all oh, this is just sort of John's 
this is Jon Snow is like Lyanna's baby, and he's also potentially the king to the to the realm. We might learn more about the the you know who knows what all said there. It, mm-hmm. it it might it might be more. He learns about the Song of Ice and Fire, and he learns about the uh, the potential like the White Walkers, and we're gonna we got to save everyone, and this is the prince's promise and everything. If he tells Benjamin that, it seems much more likely that Benjamin's going to go to the wall because their entire family uh line is winter is coming and yeah. if they truly yep. believe winter's coming i the the north is gonna se- want to send people to the wall i mean and go yeah and apps and an apps you know and, and absolutely go fight there because yeah i mean it it actually it kind of doesn't make sense at, so before it makes sense that benjamin mm-hmm. would go because you're the third son you go when he comes back and now your dad and your other brother are dead seems more likely especially following a war that you would want to marry benjen off and secure mm-hmm. another sort of strategic alliance either you know to the to somebody i mean even if it's even if it's within your sort of reign uh you're also best friends with the brand new king i mean you could benjen stark could go marry you know robert could sort of bless some marriage to like house tully or I mean, big, it could be a big, significant marriage that he could be a piece for, but he still goes and joins the wall. So, yeah, it is it is definitely it is definitely interesting. And I think a lot of it probably has to do with John. Yep, definitely. 100 percent. And I just I I so great Raven, great thought. I love to think back on Benjamin and and how he knows. And the, it's just we've we've chased this. um where is Benjen? Is he lost? That's been something that's been through all the books. Like John is constantly seeking. They're thinking about Benjen. Is he gone? Is the, the the cloak that's wrapped up the Night's Watch cloak with the daggers? Was that Benjen? There's just too much. Either either call him dead or not. Like George has left him like, mysteriously disappeared for a reason, right? You're going to bring him back. We're going to get answers. He's one of those people. Like I we just said, we had a, a raven about Barristan Selmy, or we were talking today about Barristan Selmy. And I feel like he's a, he's a holder of information for the Targaryen family. Benjen Stark is a holder of secrets that his brother came back and, you know. He's a Howland Reed. Yeah, he's a Howland Reed. There, there it is. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I, and I, I think that uh, this is where I'm at on him, ultimately. I believe that Benjen is alive, but I do not believe he has cold hands. Yeah, yep. Agreed. Is 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 where i'm at on that so yeah okay guys hey with that that is our show uh for today um keep in mind uh not not this coming weekend but the following weekend the 21st we're going to be doing our bannerman zoom hangout mm-hmm. um i can't remember exactly what time we said that was this i believe it was three pacific time on that saturday which is yeah sometime <laughs> which is we'll have to go back and listen yeah. yeah, which is late night for me, like ten or eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll I'll have to go back and listen, but the, but I'm sure you guys Saturday evening for friends. Yeah, Saturday evening. Maybe we'll start at two. I don't know, but we'll we'll figure we'll we'll we'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. But yes, um, so keep that in mind. And uh, thanks for the great Ravens today. That was great. Yeah. Um, and uh, guys, with that, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter sixty four, Arya ten of a Clash of Kings. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us that raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember, that winter is coming.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 